ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Do you remember when you first got Facebook? Maybe you didn't. I know some people just went, no way. Well, for some people, that was two decades ago. This month, the social media platform celebrates his 20th birthday. Luke Sidham Dundon has scrolled back through time. And Luke, Facebook was a very different beast back in 2004. Yeah, it really was. It was actually called the Facebook, if you can remember that. When did you first get Facebook? Uh, around then, probably. Around then, yeah. yeah. I think my dad got it in 2006. But it was launched by a 19-year-old, Mark Zuckerberg, at Harvard University. Here's a snippet of an interview he did with CNBC back in 2004. And now there's a new form of cyber matchmaking, college networking websites. Is this perhaps the next big thing? In Watertown, Massachusetts, Mark Zuckerberg, creative, creator of Harvard's thefacebook.com. How big do you think your product or your service is? Well, it's impossible to tell. When we first launched, we were hoping for, you know, maybe 400, 500 people. Now we're at 100,000 people. So who knows where we're going next? Who knows where we're going next? (laughs) 100,000. We know because uh, by the end of the year, the platform had more than a million monthly users across the US. 12 months later, it had expanded throughout the West, including Australia, and it cut its name, it truncated it to simply Facebook. Now it's grown a parent company, Meta, that owns WhatsApp and Instagram, and a third of the world has an account on Facebook. Over the last 20 years, it's played a huge role in so many aspects of life. The British-based research firm Cambridge Analytica has been accused of harvesting data from more than 50 million Facebook users starting in 2014 and misleading Facebook about it. Officials question how data was used to influence elections. From dictatorships to democracy, pages, groups and marketplaces, Facebook's also had a profound impact on its users, particularly young people. The nature of bullying's changed. You used to be bullied between, let's say, 9 and 3.30 in the afternoon, but now you can be bullied 24-7. Several local high school students say they're upset about a page created to purposely harass and bully other students. Social media can be toxic for teens, and the research and data that shows that comes straight from Facebook itself. Now, it's also changed how we interact with each other. Do you remember the poke, PK? (laughs) Used to be a feature on Facebook. Princeton and Northwestern social media expert Professor Pablo Buczkowski told me that everything Facebook has done has turned social interaction into a video game. What I call the gamification of social relations, this notion that by counting the likes and all kinds of reactions and seeing other people's reactions, social interactions on Facebook have become gamified. So what's the future of Facebook, Luke? Experts say that we have to look back to see the future. So the answer lies in the smallest social circles that we had before Facebook. How many Facebook friends do you have, PK? Do you have a rough number? Some people have... Radically reduced. (laughs) Good. A lot of people have between hundreds, even thousands Mm. of Facebook friends. It might have been the era where you just added everyone that you had online. I don't know how many of my Facebook friends I'd actually talk to if I saw in the street. Kind of gives you an indication you might need to cull them. It's safe to say many of us probably have too many connections But what we are using are specific groups, maybe for an activity or a location. You can think of the good karma networks you have in your suburb. We're also using group chats. Consider the fact that more happens in Instagram messages than on the stories or feeds feature of that platform. Professor Zizi Papakarisi is a communications and political science expert at the University of Illinois in Chicago. 
we've kind of gone full circle with Facebook, you know, through an initial stage of enamorment and all of the different kinds of people that we could meet online. Then, you know, growing to massive um, circles of friends and being part of huge communities. And then, of course, the thing about community is it doesn't scale and the sense of belonging doesn't scale. You know, when something grows to the size of millions, well, it loses its sense of place. It loses its essence. So we've gone full circle to the size of communities that we started with, you know, the smaller groups. Looking into the future, gone are the days of massive communities of strangers where we go in and some of them are anonymous and we start to get into, you know, all kinds of arguments and disagreements. I think people are looking at non-toxic ways of interacting with others and those can be found in smaller groups. That's the thinking of many in this space, including Professor Pablo Butchkowski, especially the push towards private closed chat services. You might have some of them on your phone, WhatsApp, Telegram or Signal. It's hard to know what the future holds. Professor Papakarisi says, in terms of Facebook itself, young people are gone. They're not coming back. So watch Meta look to get future generations hooked on other platforms. But she says it won't just be software. The company will look to become a hardware giant too, to prop up whatever Facebook becomes think the metaverse. They're already transitioning into a hardware company. So they're moving away from being, you know, um, to put it crudely, you know, a content farm that, you know, datafies your social relationships to just producing hardware that then helps us have the kinds of relationships we decide to have in the environments that we want. Those environments are going to be increasingly of an immersive, augmented, virtual, extended reality nature using the hardware that Meta produces. <laughs> you know, it's not an uncommon transition. We often see companies make that transition from content to hardware. Microsoft did something very similar in the turn of the previous century when um, they were accused of engaging in aggressive monopolistic practices with their browser at the time. They focused more on office and then further transitioned into more of a hardware company and eventually more of a research and development company. This is where Meta is headed. And that's Professor Zizi Papakarisi from the University of Illinois speaking there to Luke Sidham Dundon. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.